What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The San Francisco 49ers just beat the Los Angeles Rams, their division rivals, for the ninth time at a nine in the regular season. 30 to 23, even though, you know, you count the the last second field goal. Me and Marco here, we're going to break it all down and we're going to talk about what this truly means for the 49ers in the overall outlook of the NFL right after this. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. I'm your host, Rohan Chakravarti. We've got a fun one today, you know, talking about 49ers, talking about Rams. But first, got to introduce my co-host, who unfortunately can't go with a video today, but, you know, still got to hear him because one of the best in the business. Marco, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Man, I, I cannot believe my camera on my computer is acting up, technical difficulties. It's ridiculous. But either way, y'all don't care to see me. Y'all care to hear what I have to say, and that's that's the main thing. Hey, that's uh, preach that exactly. That's what we're here to do. We're here to talk ball. We're here to kind of just give you guys our opinions, hear about yours, things like that. So let's go ahead. Let's start talking about these 49ers because they just won, you know, their second straight game. We're favored by eight and a half points heading into this one, end up winning by seven. Uh, the 49ers beat the Rams 30 to 23. Um, you know, solid performance overall. First half was a bit more of a struggle than the second half. You were tied 17-17 going into halftime, but the 49ers end up winning this game, and so they're 2-0 heading into their first home game, the home opener. Marco, talk to me. What do you think, uh, what were your takeaways kind of from the win on Sunday? I mean, again, I know people were tuning in. Apologies for the no camera, but it's all right. Y'all don't want to see my ugly face anyways. That does not matter. You're here for the content, right? Um. I thought in the first half, I thought the 49ers were, it was concerning, uh, very concerning in my opinion. Reason is, is, when you take a look at what the 49ers did um, in the first half, I felt like the defensive line was getting no pressure um, at all whatsoever. Um, too many soft coverages, looks, um, allowing Matthew Stafford, who is a very smart quarterback and still has elite traits, strong arm, um, and his mind's still there. So allowing him to pick you apart in zone coverage was interesting. Um, for the offense, um, I thought it was I thought it was unique for how the offense operated. Um, especially because the way the 49ers operated was, uh, they wanted to run the ball. Um, and they wanted to attack downfield. And unfortunately, um, there was some stuff there. Uh, unfortunately, we'll talk about that a little bit later. It was missed. Um, but I would say the main concerns in the first half was definitely the defense. I mean, offense. Uh, going into half, they scored 17. Um, I thought that was very gutsy of Kyle Shanahan, probably one of the most unique Kyle Shanahan um, calls I've ever seen um, in the sense of if you don't get that touchdown, you're down 17-10. 
um, with the Los Angeles Rams getting the ball back. And to me, that was a very gutsy call. Um, I would have probably have expected him to go points with any other quarterback. Um, luckily, he has the confidence in Brock Purdy. So I thought that was very unique to see. I'm very excited to see an aggressive Kyle Shanahan. Um, but for me, I think the main the main concern was the defense. And I, I would say more so the defensive line over secondary in the first half. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts were in the first half. We'll go first half and the second half. I thought it was two different games um, played for the 49ers. No, I agree. I think first half was a completely different game. 17-17. When you look at it, it was different. Different game-wise than the first game, uh, which I mean against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Slower. And this is kind of what you expect against division rivals, especially the way that the 49ers and Rams have played before. These drives take a while. You know, 11 plays, 75 yards for the 49ers on their first drive. Lasted over six and a half minutes, and then the Rams followed it up with an 11 play 50 yard drive over six and a half minutes. Right there is almost the entirety of the first half already gone. The 49ers only got four drives in this one. Um, you know, they only got four drives in the entire first half. They scored on each of their four drives last, uh, their first four drives last week, and that was with eight minutes left in the second quarter. So, a completely different game than week one. But if you look at it, we'll chart it to offensively and defensively. Offensively, I thought they didn't skip a beat. You know, I thought offensively, Kyle Shanahan, this might be as strong a stretch of play calling to start a season that I've seen throughout a six-year career here in San Francisco. It has been phenomenal thus far. And Kyle Shanahan continued that here in week two. Uh, you know, when you look at the first four drives of the 49ers, you had a touchdown, you had a field goal, you had a punt, and then a touchdown. The touchdown was a nice set 11-play 75-yard drive. The field goal was, you know, uh, there was a drive where you got all the way to the Rams' nine-yard line. Brandon Ayuk couldn't come down with that third-down pass, and instead of going for it, which was another aggressive Kyle Shanahan call, you end up kicking a field goal at the nine-yard line on fourth and six. Then you score a touchdown on the final drive, you know, going quick and getting that touchdown. And then the punt, you, well, it was a punt, but if you guys remember, that's when Brock Purdy missed Brandon Ayuk on a huge deep ball uh, on second down. Uh, it was second and nine at the Rams 45 yard line. Brock Purdy missed him on a deep ball. That could have been a touchdown. And then obviously that drive got killed, but you reached Rams territory anyway on that drive, you know, very, very sustained offensive success to start this game. Second consecutive week that we've seen that defensively though, is a completely different story. Didn't think the 49ers were that stout defensively uh, in, in the early portion. And I don't know if I chart it more to play calling or if I chart it more to, um, you know, uh, the way that the defense executed. Did not like the, the amount of off coverage that Steve Wilkes ran against this offense. Why? We The 49ers have seen how the Rams, uh, you know, have operated offensively against them in the past. It hasn't worked very well uh, in terms of, if you let them play off coverage because the Rams don't trust their offensive line as much against this 49ers defensive line. And so as a result, uh, you know, as a result, what are you going to see? You're going to see them try and get the ball out quick screen passes, short slants, you know, all these very short routes. And when you play off coverage, you're giving up six, seven yards of pass. And my Matthew Stafford, a guy who can, you know, endure volume passing, that's where he took, and that's where the Rams scored 17 points in the first half. That type of stuff can't happen. Um, that you know, that was my personal uh, personal take on the first uh, first kind of half of the game. Did not really was not a big fan of the the game plan going in, especially understanding how the 49ers were defeating the Rams in the past. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, so I'm gonna keep it like this um, because my boy JC likes the the frozen screen where it says I'm staring through his soul. Um, so I'm going to keep it like this. Um, apologies again for the camera. But for the me, I think the first half I thought was very interesting is um, something that 49ers throwback is talking about. And he goes and talks about how the 49ers were 64 yards away from getting into the end zone with a minute 30. Um, States Brock pretty did it all. Um, I disagree. I think I, I like what Kyle Shanahan did. Um, called for two quick screen, uh, technically a bubble screen to Debo Samuel and a quick. It was a design uh, route for Christian McCaffrey to get out into the um, open field picked up, I believe, like 15 on uh, the Debo play, and then like an eight yarder on uh, the Christian McCaffrey play. So I thought that was very smart for Kyle Shanahan to do. Um, you know, just see if he get a big play. He got it with uh, Debo Samuel, um, allowed Brock Purdy to uh, go. I would say more so an interesting way of going through it because now. 
Brock Purdy comes up to the offense, uh, to the line of scrimmage. We're already around the 40-yard line. Um, and I, to me, what I thought was, that was very interesting during that two-minute drive that I want to see Brock Purdy uh, do a little bit better is get the offense into a play. Um, what I didn't like was seeing him look over to the sideline like, what are we in? Like, give me the play. I would like. I want to see him as a leader, and I understand he's young, so I'm not going to kill him for this. I think, for me, this is what I want to see for him as the young leader he's growing into. Get your offense into a play a lot faster, um, because if you look at it, uh, he's looking over to the sideline, looks like he's confused. Kyle Shanahan isn't giving him a play. So, for me, I would love to see him just go and call what he sees. Call what he sees best fit. Um, I trust a young kid. Everyone does. Um, at this moment, he is playing very good football. Um, outside of those misses, and when we talk about him in a little bit, I think to me that was the biggest where I was like, whoa, like that was interesting because I've heard he's ran the two-minute offense pretty dang well in camp and practices and stuff like that. So that to me, I was interesting. Um, I didn't I didn't feel like he was um, not good in, in that situation. I just felt like he could have done better in getting the offense into a better situation. Shout out to everyone who is in the chat. Make sure you guys to subscribe to both channels. Um, Rohan Chakravarti's personal channel, as well as Clutch Gene Sports. This is a good question by HR. Do you think the Steelers or Rams are playoff teams? Um, I'll answer. I'll go first. I think the Steelers are absolutely it. terrible on offense, and I think if you don't have an offense, your defense could only take you so far. And I think they're going to be around that eight and nine record again, as they were last year. Um, so I don't think the Steelers are a playoff team, especially in a strong AFC. Um, the Rams could sneak in as a seventh seed. Um, once they get Cooper back, they're going to have a good, uh, offensive weapons, but I also don't think they're a playoff team either. So the 49ers just beat two playoff teams. And if you look at the Rams team, that is a much worse defense than they played against the Steelers. I don't know what happened with the Steelers defense, the Steelers team in general. I felt like they played like ter absolutely terrible against the 49ers, um, because that defense is really good. And I don't think the 49ers offense is that much better than what the Steelers defense is again with week one. Um, going forward, I think the 49ers offense is still going to be a high-power offense like they are. Interesting. Um, talking about this comment here, the Steelers or the Rams, do I think they're playoff teams? I think you can make an argument for both um, because Steelers won nine games last year. You're, you are right. That offense is not that good, but you do expect some strides potentially to be made as the season goes along, and I also think their defense is pretty good. Um, as for the Rams, I think they could sneak in. I think they could be a 10 win, a, a 10 win team that could get you, you know, a seven seed, six seed or whatever it may be. I, I do think that, that, you know, that was a, that was, there was the potential of that occurring. And so I, I can understand, you know, I, I think that there can be, but you also don't play too many playoff teams. Do I, do I care who the 49ers are playing? No, I more so care about the execution and the product they put on the field themselves, because I think that when you, when you look at it and the way that they play, you can see, you can visualize whether it's replicatable against a stronger team that we'll talk about in, in a little bit. Now, I'll give you some pushback because that's the whole point of the show. Um, you know, do I think Brock could have done a little – that's what I think you were insinuating. Maybe Brock could have done a little better uh, or a little bit more um, and pointing to that, uh, you know, that, uh, that two-minute drill. I, I definitely think Brock could have done a little more. We can get into the negatives kind of portion of it uh, in, in just a second. But I also, you know, I don't mind. Um, I, I don't mind what he did overall, specifically in the two minute drill. And I also want to give another, you know, another shout out to Kyle Shanahan because there are a couple of things where I think you're starting to notice some trends. Kyle Shanahan trusts this offense a lot more than the defense. He trusts the offense more than the defense. How do you know this? Well, not only did he, you know, not only did he want the ball back with a minute and 30 seconds where you might see him run out the clock or something like that, but he wanted the ball back. And then on top of wanting the ball back, he then goes ahead and, uh, you know, goes for a touchdown. You like the aggressive manner and you, you like the trust that he's putting in this offense right now to execute. And Brock, you know, this wasn't a good game compared to week one. This was an average game for Brock Purdy. Um, and that's, you know, what my grades kind of reflect for his performance and things like that. But overall, that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Let's go over to, though, the next question that we see. How come that's we the don't question talk I wanted to see. You're uh, talking about the secondary one? Yeah, yeah, the secondary one. Uh, I know Rick, uh, Rick was in the comments saying, asking for us to answer that question. I was going to get to you. Um, but I see, I, see on, I see on the comment section, yes, Shay, uh, we're in another, I guess, Rohan, I guess you're very laggy too, I guess. 
Um, we are in another galaxy at the moment. Nah, he, um, we, he he owns some bull. That's that's all he does. He 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 just speaks some bull. No, I think I think he I think he's for. I think we're I think you're laggy. I'm frozen. Um, we're me and Rohan are in, in another galaxy. Uh, where we just watched the 49ers go undefeated. They just won the Super Bowl. Um, but we're giving you guys the week two recap of your guys' galaxy. Uh, we've already won the Super Bowl in our galaxy. Um, so we'll talk to you guys about the the ramps, the the secondary during that Rams game for the 49ers real quick. Um, you guys are like 12 weeks behind, but it's all right. Um, the galaxy, so the galaxy we're in that they're in, um, the quarterback situation. I don't think it was the 49ers, um, secondary that was not doing well. And I get Rick. So you did mention a couple things. So you did say the 49ers, um, defense was, was the set, at least the secondary you're, you're commenting on. Um, they're attacking our secondaries in the corners and you're saying how the corners was, was controlling the line of scrimmage on one of the comments. So. I disagree because when you're in off coverage, you can't really control the line of scrimmage. And that, is, that isn't necessarily anything against the secondary because if your defensive play call is a zone coverage and you're playing off, which is what they were cover playing, that isn't on the secondary. I think that's more so on the coaching staff and on Steve Wilkes. And I think they made the adjustment in the second half. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't do it in the first half because they were getting picked apart. Uh, Puka Nakua, um, very good young rookie. Um, I think he is a legit receiver in the NFL. I don't think he is a system receiver. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it was a secondary. I would more so say Steve Wilkes was calling too many off-coverage zone looks. And I think it allowed Stafford to, when you're that smart of a quarterback, the ball's coming out quick. You know where you want to go. When you see zone, and that's why they were doing a lot of motion, sending 2-2 Atwell across the motion. You see no one goes with them, you know you're in zone. That's literally their, their right away that most teams do. That's why most teams send someone in motion because the moment the linebackers and corners start shifting around, you know whether you're in zone or you're in man. Uh, right away, they figured out the Niners were in zone a lot. That's why the secondary looked bad, and that's why the 49ers defense was getting picked apart because to go with Stafford's quick pass game as well as the defense can't get home when you're getting the ball in 2.5 seconds. Sometimes he had three or four seconds, um, but it's a very hard offense to stop when you know what the defense is in and the quarterback knows where he wants to go. And this is why when I'm talking about the we, uh, the, the first half specifically, I point out not the cover, not the secondary and the players themselves because you didn't really give them a chance. It was more so the off coverage that Steve Wilkes had. And this is more of a surprise because when you look at Steve Wilkes and kind of what you expected from him before, you know, it you you talk about what Steve Wilkes has done in the past. It's a lot of blitzing and a lot of man coverage. You know, that's the, that's kind of not a lot of man coverage, but a good amount of man coverage principles. And you did not see Steve Wilkes do a lot of that, you know, before. And so that's, or not, not before, but in week in the first half of this week. And so that's kind of what I'm alluding to in that. You didn't, I thought the 49ers, you know, kind of came in with a better game plan because if you look at their matchup last year, Steve Wilkes, I mean, not Steve Wilkes, but the 49ers defense, they, they had a good game plan. They were aggressive. They were there at the, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage last year, blowing up plays and things like that. And that's where, you know, you come to some of these blowout victories. I thought that first half you, they weren't able to adjust and really made it a strong second half adjustment to become more aggressive and still more man coverage, kind of take away some of those shorter routes. Because once you do that, what is, what are you doing? You're putting trust in your defensive line to get there to Matthew Stafford for some pressure and also force him to kind of be in a more uncomfortable situation. I think that that is kind of what you, you hope could have happened the full game. Unfortunately didn't, but offensively, like I said, Thought the 49ers, especially Kyle Shanahan, had a great game that they called. I thought also the skill position players, did, uh, you know, did a pretty pretty darn good job. Brock Purdy, I think, was the 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 lone kind of main discrepancy when you talk about the the offense and that he missed a couple of deep throws. You know, you, you look at the statistics; it's still pretty accurate. You know, it's not like uh, he had any turnovers or anything like that, which is a good sign. Completed 68% of his passes, but you're, you're looking at three major plays where Brock Purdy, you know, had a chance to potentially air it out for a big completion. Uh, one to Jawan Jennings that he overthrew, one to Debo Samuel that he overthrew that would have been a touchdown, and then one to Brandon Ayuk that could have been a touchdown that he overthrew. Those are three opportunities. I'm going to add an, I'm gonna add another throw. I'm going to add another sure. throw in there if you don't mind. Um, sure. It was actually a third down. I believe it was third down or second down. Um, Debo Samuel. Are you talking about slant? the slant? The slant to Debo Samuel, yeah. I understand that's not your first, that's not the first read, but you gotta hit it. 
Like that's one no, of those. I, ones I agree. Where it's like, I was more so talking about like the you know the major the, the layups. Okay, the sport. layups. Yeah, yeah, the layups. But that is that I mean, is. I think that's a layup throw. too. But yeah, no, that's that's another throw that you can definitely throw in there. I think that those those four are the big big misses. And again, they're only eight misses. But for those four to have such a you know impact on the game because they resulted in punts for those drives or you know lack of scoring opportunities, it's not like this those those plays necessarily hurt them. They still comfortably won. But the point being, look at this 49ers offense, the way that they're operating, and imagine if, you know, you hit the layups. It's a lot more than 30 points that you're scoring in this game, and that's where we get to the question about the 49ers offensive potential and truly how good they are. And to, me, to be honest, like, when we're talking about this, it's not like it's okay to be critical of the 49ers. And, and like, for me, I think one of the biggest things is it's okay to be critical because what you're doing is every team we, we, we play, the first thing that we do is we criticize the other team. So I think if we understand what the 49ers weaknesses are and we understand who they are as a team and we are able to criticize them and not, it's not necessarily like, Oh, they're trying. Like, you know, like we're not, that's not what we're doing here. But when you look at what the limitations are, even if the limitations are those deep passes, what actually is good for this offense is he's letting it rip. Now, as a secondary, you gotta you gotta play honest, even if he's not hitting it. Because if you're getting beat deep that one time he does hit it and you weren't being honest and you got hit on a double move, now you're screwed. Now you're on the sideline with your head down because Brandon you just got a sixty yard touchdown pass on you because that was the one accurate, that was one out of ten where Brock pretty connected. Now, what I would say is what I what I did like from the 49ers is how they played situational football. Um, I thought that was very great situational football in terms of the 49ers get the they move the ball down the field. Uh, they don't convert on third and I believe third and eight, third and seven. Um, Kyle Shanahan could have punted, could have punted. Uh, there were seven, it was 17, 17 decides to take the lead with Jake Moody. Um, a lot of people would have been like, Oh, Kyle, why don't you, why, why, why not? If he missed it, everyone would have been like, Kyle, why don't you just punt? That was a 57 yarder for a rookie. Um, Kyle Shanahan put a lot of confidence in his rookie, sent him out there, third round pick who everyone's ready to criticize him. Let's be real. The moment he misses a field goal, everyone's ready to criticize him. He has not missed yet. He has been perfect. Um, except outside of his big mistake that he had, um, kicking the ball out of bounds. You can't do that as as a as a kicker. You cannot kick the ball out of bounds on kickoffs. Um, but outside of that, Kyle put confidence into his young Ricky, sends him out there. He hits a big field goal. They take the lead. Next thing you know, defense is on the field. Defense gets a takeaway. 49ers offense goes down, and, and they get points. I think, to me, the situational football that, that we saw on display from the 49ers defense in the second half, was phenomenal. Um, first half was a, a little bit of a disaster. Uh, you kind of see, in the terms of when I say disaster, no one was expecting it to be a close game at all. Like, let's be, no one was expecting it. Um, I said dominance. Season, Coming into the week, I said dominance. Absolutely. And, and everyone thought it was going to be a dominant game. Like, to be honest, I was like, oh, dang, like, they're actually keeping up with us. They're actually playing really good football. Um, next thing you know, defense comes out, second half, only gives up, I believe, six points. And I would honestly consider it three because that last late field goal was literally Sean McVay sending every better a middle finger. Um, so if you bet and you did not cover because of Sean McVay, I apologize. Um, now, when you look at it, though, the confidence that Kyle has and he's giving his players right now, Rohan, I think that's the biggest takeaway from this game. Shout out to Ryan G. Hensley Show. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Ryan G. Hensley Show. Um, he's also coming out with a new show. Um, called this um so he's giving you like stories from his life and stuff like that i'm, I'm interested to interested oh, shit. um oh yeah shit. yeah because hey, hey he's talking about how he honestly i watched a little snippet of it um he was talking about how he's gonna be talking about how he got his credit score up giving advice on that um how he got stabbed yeah, that's some real stuff man how he that's got cool. yeah like so it's gonna be it's gonna be like a legit like a life more so a life podcast rather than um, his own football stuff, but the way the confidence that Kyle is giving his team right now, I think that's the biggest thing takeaway I got. Sending Jake Moody out there to kick a 57-yard field goal—that's insane confidence for a rookie. Um, going for it on on one with one second left to end the half with Brock Purdy, 
uh, letting Brock Purdy sling those deep passes, um, the confidence right now. I think that is the biggest takeaway I have from this game is the confidence Kyle is, is coaching with, the aggressiveness on going forward on uh, that situation. Um, talk I, I think that, yeah. I oh, think go ahead, go, go ahead. You're good. No, I mean, uh, when you look at it, I also think in a way it's indirectly making himself more accountable, right? Because you talk about these bolder decisions, and this is the thing that aggressive head coaches have to deal with. If it backfires, it's on you. You're the one that made the decision. And in a way, he's making himself more accountable in order to, you know, bring, uh, bring more confidence towards his players. And I like that. You know, I think that that's an important mentality as a head coach. You talk about the 57-yard field goal. You know, if Jake Moody misses that, what happens? The Rams get really good field position. They get they get the ball around the 40-yard line. You 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 turn, a, you know, a, a, a tough defensive drive where you could have given up points into a strong starting of, you know, into a strong starting spot. And instead, you know, fourth and seven at the Rams 39 yard line when Moody, if, if Moody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Makes that field goal. What happens on the ensuing drive? You start at the 25 instead of the 40-yard line, and the, the Rams end up punting. And then after that, you know, that's, that's really when the turnaround starts happening because it was 17-17, you don't get any action on your first drive. You force an interception. You kick the field goal. They punt because you made the field goal. You you know you you put them back to the twenty five and then you score a touchdown. After that, it's a two score game, and the Rams didn't really have much of a shot after that. You know to to come back and try and take that game away from the 49ers. And so, I, I I agree. I think that that's a good point that you make the confidence that Kyle Shanahan has, and I also think it also relates back to what I said earlier when you talk about the offense, right? The 49ers offense arguably is better than the 49ers defense right now, even though the defense is as elite and talented as they are. If the 49ers offense is clicking on all cylinders, they, they might be the best one um, in the NFL. And so that's, you know, when you when you talk about some, something like that, it's cool to see Kyle Shanahan invest in, into that, not only with resources off the field, but also on the field with the opportunities you get to put points on the board. Kyle Shanahan right now, you know, he's thriving. He's not only play calling well, but he's also making some strong, bold decisions that are empowering his offense. And I think the biggest thing, too, is like as a head coach, an offensive coordinator, because obviously he calls the plays. Um, the biggest thing is when, when you're looking at this, you have to be this aggressive. And the reason I say you have to be this aggressive is because you have so many elite players on offense. Like, let's be real. You got two elite receivers, um, two receivers that are probably in the top, within the top 15, top 20 uh, in the NFL. Um, you have the, a top five tight end. You have the number one running back in the NFL. You have a quarterback that is very capable of going where you, you going, doing what you want on offense. Like exactly. Like if you, if you tell him, I want you to throw to this X spot, he's doing it. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is like, you have the weapons to do it. Be aggressive be be you be the aggressive coach because when you're when you're the aggressive coach i'm all about playing a win not playing to lose and i think that's what he's doing right now he's playing a win um and i think that's the biggest change i saw during this game is the aggressive nature from, from kyle shanahan if we would have had kyle shanahan from the past we lose and the reason i say this is because kyle shanahan likely punts instead of going as or a 17 17 game he more likely punts gives the Rams an opportunity. He more likely goes for that field goal with one second left rather than going for the touchdown. If you guys are in the chat, drop some questions. Make sure you guys are subscribed to both channels, the Clutch Gene Sport and Rohan Chakavarti's personal channel. 
Um, I think that's the biggest difference. Well, let's talk about players individually. I, before we get to the players, ahead, I have one last thing on Kyle Shanahan, and I don't want you know. I hope it's not too um, you know too picky of a topic, but there is only one thing, honestly, this early that I have an issue with Kyle Shanahan, and. I know Kyle where you're Shanahan, going, he, and I like it. He, he, he had accountability with it after the game, and it is the 100% snap share for Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Shanahan, you know, Christian McCaffrey has had a big, big load the first two weeks. 116 yards on 20 carries. Pause. Uh, you know, 20 carries. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I oh, said pause. Shoot, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, though, you know, 20 carries uh, and three receptions this uh, in, in week one. He had 27 total touches in week two, uh, sorry, in week two, uh, 20 carries, three receptions, week one, 27 total touches. You know, a lot, a lot of volume for Christian McCaffrey this early on. And we've seen, unfortunately, in the past, you know, he can handle, he can obviously handle the big workload, but you don't want him, especially like you saw last year, where he got a little dinged up towards the end of the season, not as effective as you might have wanted him to be. Kyle Shanahan said after the game, you know, you, you got to do a little bit of job, a better job of rotating. What do you think about the running back rotation so far? Why you think it's played out this way and what you expect going forward? So actually, I had criticism on Kyle week one because of this. We were up 20 and he's running Christian McCaffrey late in the fourth quarter. To me, it's like, Kyle, you have four running backs on your roster. I understand you keep one inactive every week, but you have other running backs. You don't have to run Christian McCaffrey every play. You don't have to put the ball in his hands every play. Um, so for me, I was critical of him uh, of that week one. Week two, um, I thought it was ridiculous to have him, have Christian McCaffrey get 100% of the snap share, especially when you have, to me, so I was on with uh, Josh Harper, a former NFL player uh, for Las Vegas. Well, he was with the Raiders at one point, but um, we have a weekly show on Friday. And, and I told him, I was like, I don't want to see a lot of these guys playing too many snaps because of the ter- quick turnaround. I think you could win a game with the entirety of your team, and I think it it actually helps you if you have fresh legs for Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason. So for me, that was a big concern on seeing Christian McCaffrey getting 100% of the snap share because we know Christian McCaffrey has an injury history. And unfortunately, you would rather have Christian McCaffrey be 100% healthy late in the season into the playoffs than the first seven weeks of the season. And to be honest, like I'm not really worried about the first seven weeks because I know this team is going to be in the playoffs. I'd rather have them be fully healthy in the playoffs than risking a game in week two because you want to play Christian McCaffrey. And, and to me, that's sort of like the 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 way Kyle Shanahan came and was very normally he throws it on Bobby. He would be like, "Oh, Peter Peter needs to pay attention to like the snap count. He rotates like or." Um, not Bobby Peters. Uh, I'm thinking um, running back. You're saying coach. Bobby Turner. Bobby Turner. Turner. Anthony yeah, Lynn. Turner. Yeah, he normally normally Bobby Turner. Uh, he's gonna have Bobby Turner and Anthony Lynn. Like, hey, you know what? You gotta you gotta you gotta rotate them better. Like normally he's gonna call them out. Like my coaches need to be better when they're rotating players. To me, I thought it was phenomenal when he was like, I have to be more aware. And I think that is the biggest growth I've seen from Kyle Shanahan this off season. Um, Admitting you were wrong on on Trey Lance, or admitting you failed on you failed Trey Lance, that was big. Um, admit uh, going in on one quarterback, that was big. Now him taking accountability and saying that's my fault, that is Kyle Shanahan, absolutely saying I need to be better. Um, I respect it. Um, again, if you guys are not subscribed to both channels, make sure you subscribe. Shout out to Raymond. He got CMC in fantasy. Quit hating. He might. That's a great. He, you he know very what? Well could. He, he very well he, could. He very well could. And that's something he also, that we, you know, he he might have that CMC JT stack, so he's gonna push CMC until week five. When JT comes back, you know, he can lighten the load a little bit. He has two strong running backs. You know what I mean? Hey, that's that's kind of that's, hey, that's funny. No, I, I don't think Kyle has them, but that'd be hella funny if he did. Um, but what were your thoughts on on that? Because I know you brought it up, and I knew that's where you were going. What were your thoughts on it? Because to be honest, that's not being too critical at all. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, that's why earlier in the offseason, we we heard, um, you know, questions about CMC. Some people did not like CMC taking a lot of days off in the during training camp or in the, you know, in the practice kind of portion prior to the season. I was totally fine with it. I mean, CMC, you know, it seemed like every time Purdy took a day off or, uh, you know, extra times where CMC would be limited and things like that, 
totally fine with it. I, I I'm fine as long he 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 has a good ramp up to the season as long as you know he he keeps his body healthy. That's important. And so I liked the the handling that they had of him in the in the in the early portion of the off season. But now you know having this many carries or 27 touches and then 23 touches. That's a lot. That's a lot early in the season, especially in an 18 game season. And it might be better. Maybe if you had an early bye week, the 49ers they'll have a bye week right in the middle of the season. And I think that especially when you have such talent in the running back room where you don't really see a big drop off with Elijah Mitchell, um, I, I, I think it's valuable to, you know, incorporate both of them. I'm not saying in like, you know, have CMC be off the field for like 50% of the snaps. No, still have him play a majority of the time, but you can ease in the load when you understand you also have another running back in there who you trust to hold on to the football. Elijah Mitchell with zero career fumbles. You know, you trust to hold on to the football. A guy like that who can take on a bit more of the load. And so, like like you said, I like the Kyle Shanahan accountability. I pointed that out earlier. I think, like, this season you see him getting more accountable. And I do expect a bit of a change. Um, probably starting this week because I expect the 49ers to run the football a good amount in week three against the New York Giants. Probably going to be ahead, and I hope Elijah Mitchell gets in there soon um, rather than not at all. If Elijah Mitchell fumbles Thursday night, it's all Rohan's fault for bringing up that he has no career fumbles. So I'm just letting you guys know that's the commentator jinx. You just, you just gave him the content creator jinx, the podcast jinx. So if he fumbles, that's your fault. Um... But I agree. I think we should see a, a more workload for Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell, um, especially because it's a Thursday night game. It's a quick turnaround. My biggest concern right now on offense, though, is the health of Brandon Ayuk. Um, I don't think Brandon Ayuk should play. I thought he should have sat out the rest of the game after he pretty much, it looked like he might have sprained his clavicle. Um, I don't know how that works technically. Like I'm not a physician or anything. It looked like he injured something. They were over there massaging his neck. Um, that's a concern. Um, so I don't think he plays this week. I don't, and I don't think you need him to be a. I don't want to say it because I said it about the Rams, but a terrible New York Giants team. This New York Giants team is, is bad. Um, they just lost Saquon. Their offense is going to be very one dimensional. Um, so I'm very interested on the the injuries right now are starting to pile up on the in the terms of secondary as well as with um, Brandon Ayuk. Do you think the 49ers need to start understanding? And it could go to the accountability of Kyle Shanahan and understanding that you've got to start using utilizing other players. They just signed uh, a corner, Anthony Brown, because of the injuries in the secondary. Um, talk to me about the injury concerns of Brandon Ayuk as well as the secondary. I think it's a good, uh, I think it's a good question to have. And I honestly am conflicted here, not in my personal decision or personal preference, but in what actually happens. Because I do think there's an underlying factor here that, um, you know, has to be addressed. And that is the upcoming contract negotiations for Brandon Ayuk. When you look at contract negotiations, something that'll come up, injuries, time uh, time missed and also overall stats for the entirety of the year and they get impacted if you miss one game and one thing for Brandon Ayuk at least recently in his career is the ability for him to stay healthy you know he's been a guy who's been lauded as a very uh, uh you know a very durable guy throughout his uh throughout the course of his career he's played 17 games in each of the last two uh you know in each of the last two seasons um and really started to turn things up last year only one major injury back in 2020 throughout his career. He's been a very durable player. And so if he misses this game, it's not that it'll impact his status as a durable player, but it also impacts, you know, potentially his statistics for the overall season. And that plays directly into how much he could get paid in the offseason. And so that's why I think there might be a little more of an urge for Brandon Ayuk to potentially suit up in this game, understanding that he likely can make a big player too to add to his statistics and help the 49ers win a football game. Now, in the 49ers' best interests, they should win this game without Brandon Ayuk. You should be able to do so. And um, I think that, you know, with the way that the 49ers operate, I, I think that they'll try and err on the side of caution, although Brandon Ayuk likely pushes to play. The one other aspect that comes into it is the short week. I think the 49ers are going to, you know, understand how valuable the short week is. And also, 
look at the slate of games that they have because the next two weeks aren't your toughest games, you know, when you look at the 49er schedule. And the NFL, there is no such thing as a, you know, as a free win or anything like that. But the 49ers have a a nice stretch here where they're going to be fixating at home that you don't have to travel you you have a solid rehab plan in place because you have three straight home weeks um and so you're 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 pretty much here until october 13th when you travel over to cleveland i think that it would be smart to potentially hold brunan Ayuk out of this game utilize your other resources understanding that you can still win this game and then insert him back into the rotation in some capacity in week four when, you know, that shoulder is uh, healed up because the, the game you truly want him for is week five against the Dallas Cowboys so that you can have those that that field stretcher against the Cowboys who run a lot of man coverage and have a good man cover corner in Trayvon Diggs and also have a pretty solid system. That's my thought process for it. But I do understand the player side and that he might potentially want to go understanding what is at stake for him, not only now, but throughout the course of the season. Yeah, absolutely. As a player, uh, I'll talk more so on the player side because you mentioned kind of like how the contract-wise, it'll affect money. Um, As a player, you're kind of like, one, if I get hurt or I break my clavicle, I'm done for the year, or for a good stretch of the year. And like you said, it it would reduce his contract. Um, The 49ers would use that against him. Other teams would use it against him. Now he is on a he is playing on his fourth year, uh, so he will have his fifth year option, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he would have his fourth yes, his fifth will. year option. Yeah. He, he would have. Um, but as a player, you you're kind of thinking like you know what? Hey, you guys might want to just extend me. Like let's let's get a contract done real quick. Like to be honest, as a player, you're like you know what? Can we negotiate contracts right now? Um, now he's probably gonna play because Brandon Ayuk is a tough guy. Um, he was limited today, which mean, which would mean um, if this was a full week, he'd be limited today, probably limited to tomorrow, which would be Wednesday. Thursday, he would probably be a full participant um, during the week. Now, it's all going to be pain tolerance, which means they likely will shoot him up with um, some painkiller. Painkiller, yeah. Um, and they will probably put a pad on that shoulder, um, which would allow him to be able to take contact, take the, the hits. Um but to me, I think I think that's a little concerning because if you do lose Brandon Ayuk, you lose your number one receiver in terms of as a pass catcher. I think he's the best true receiver on the 49ers roster. Um, and he is on pace right now. If he plays all 17 games and he plays how he's been playing, he is on pace for 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns. Um, now, probably the touchdowns will probably drop. Um, probably probably don't see him score 17, but it's very possible um, to him get double-digit touchdowns and to hit that 1,400 margin in terms of receiving yards um, in this offense. So for me, I think he's going to be a go. I think the concern is that secondary right now. You don't, you just lost Samuel Womack. Um, if you lose yeah, anyone Thomas else, in this, maybe right Thomas now, is banged up. Yeah, like yeah. it's the secondary right now is a little bit banged up. And I think that's a concern because if you do lose one of those guys in the secondary, you're relying on someone you just signed from the street, which would be Anthony Brown, who is coming off an Achilles injury. Um, how yeah. confident are you in him? I'm not too sure. Um, I'm not too confident, especially when you sign someone this late in the season. The confidence level shouldn't be high for anyone, even though a player could be good. Um, the confidence level shouldn't be high. So for me, my biggest concern is looking at the 49ers' injuries right now. Uh, hopefully they can stay healthy. Um, again, if you're in either channel, uh, go to the other channel. Hit the subscribe button, Clutching Sports, with Rohan Chakravarti's personal channel. Um, the thing is, for me, is how the 49ers react to these injuries. And what I mean by I that agree. is, um, do you start allowing these injuries to pile up? And what I mean by that is, you could prevent injuries as a coaching staff. CMC, we just mentioned. How many how many plays does CMC play? Load management. How, how often do you have Chris, uh, Brandon Ayuk in there blocking on run plays when you can have Jawan Jennings in there blocking on run plays? How often do you utilize other players on your team to go block? I think that's like ways to prevent him from hitting someone where it could potentially hurt that clavicle. To me, that is where, as a coaching staff, you could take care of your players. And I think the 49ers should do so. Hey, it's a run play. Jawan Jennings could run routes. He could block, design things up. Um, I think that's the best way for the 49ers to attack this approach. 
um, with the Brandon Ayuk, situa Brandon Ayuk situation as well as Christian McCaffrey. You start utilizing other players in other situations in terms of allowing them to stay healthy. Um, going to the Giants, Rohan, because I know uh, it'll be a quick turnaround. We have tomorrow and then Thursday. I will be at the game. The Giants are also banged up along the offensive line. They got they got no Saquon, no left yeah. guard, no left tackle. They're possibly um, relying on their passing game, which isn't great when you have Daniel Jones leading the way. Um, but talk to me. Let's, let's talk a little bit real quick. Um, we might be going live Wednesday. Um, I'll be on the game Thursday, so I won't be able to go live um, at any moment during the day. Um, but looking at what the 49ers can do, talk to me about this game real quick. No, definitely. Um, and, I mean, when you talk about the Giants, um, there's a couple of things that you want to you wanna point out. One, I like this uh, this comment here. Starting left guard Ben Bredesen uh, is out. He is he has a concussion. Short week. He will not play. And we we just pointed out you know the Brandon Ayuk injury and how the 49ers might approach that. Well, the Giants. Uh oh, my bad. The Giants have a couple on their own. You got Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, um, very good player who is nursing an injury as well. He may not play. Um, on top of that, it's not just him. It's a. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, excuse me, their edge rusher, who has another uh, game time decision, just like their running back, Saquon Barkley. And those are three very key players to their team that you wonder how how are they going to shift the outcome of the game? Because without Andrew Thomas, the Giants offensive line is much worse. You also already don't have your starting left guard. So you're getting two new guys on there. And what do the 49ers like to do when they face those new offensive lines? You can point back to the Rams game last year when they had three of their five starters injured. It's going to be stunts. It's going to be those complex type of different, uh, you know, looks trying to confuse and trying to essentially test the confidence, but also test the relationship between the left guard and the left tackle. And you could see a little more of that in week one, or sorry, in week three against the Giants. I mean, but the biggest one is clearly Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley doesn't go, you got a huge, uh, you got a huge gap to fill in that Giants offense, which is predicated around Saquon Barkley. Your running backs, it would be Matt Breida, uh, who who would start likely if Saquon Barkley is not able to go. But Saquon provides such a such an intriguing element, uh, just a complete different element, and that the uh, that the Giants are going to have to alter their game plan and the way that they operate if they don't have Saquon Barkley there. And I honestly think this is going to go similar to how the Rams offense operated if no Saquon Barkley is there. You don't trust that offensive line as much. You're going to try and get, you know, short, short passes to try and move the ball and then try and move, continue to move the change that way. And that means that the 49ers offense, or defense needs to come into this game prepared, more prepared than they were last week because I can envision a very similar game plan but also one game plan that might include a unique element that the Rams did not have, and that's the quarterback run. Daniel Jones a, is an elusive quarterback. He's a guy who can be a dual-threat guy. And the 49ers, when you look at it, some of those cheat games that they've lost in the past, it's because they didn't feature or they didn't you know, work well against a mobile quarterback. They haven't really figured out the formula yet. What do you think about that matchup? I actually think the quarterback matchup is actually interesting. It actually plays in the favor of the Giants in the sense of we're not that great against running quarterbacks. Now, I think he's not going to be the guy that runs for 100-something yards on the Niners. I think what I mean by the running factor is an advantage of we like we don't necessarily have great pass rush lane integrity. So that's going to mean it's going to open up a lane. He could pick up first downs, extend drives that way. Um, so I, I do think that could be a factor in this game, especially a quick turnaround. Um, a lot of legs are still heavy. Um, your, your three days, you normally have rest to let your legs recover. Um, like Fred Warner said, recovery would be the main thing, understanding that you want to recover to be able to play a good team. Now, De uh, Dexter Lawrence, I believe that's uh, the defensive tackle against uh, uh, Brendel as well as Burford. I think that's going to be the big factor. Big he one. could take away the run game. If he could get after the quarterback, he is a very underrated defensive tackle. That is also a big part of the game plan. How do you scheme around him? Um, understanding that the abilities of the Giants has been taken away when you lost Saquon Barkley. They like to go run and then play action off of it. Um, I expect to see Eric Gray, the fifth rounder from Oklahoma, um, play a lot in terms of the passing game. You could get the Niners on a screen um, with how aggressive we are as a defensive line. 
Um, and I think that is going to be like the game plan. Like you're saying, quick, get the ball out of your hands. Um, try to use certain play calls that will get the 49ers out of certain situations. Um, I think the biggest thing is making sure um, you keep Daniel Jones in the pocket. He doesn't like to stay in the pocket. Um, if you keep him in the pocket, Niners win easy, easily. Uh, I think the offense on 49ers offense should actually attack this defense in the passing game. I think their secondary is terrible. Um, I think you have more success throwing the ball um, against this defense than you probably will running it due to they have a solid defensive line. Um, it's not mm-hmm. great. It's not good, but it's, it, they could stop the run fairly well um, because of Lawrence. Um uh, but that's pretty much it. Um, I think that's where we'll end today. It'll uh, give us some time to talk uh, the 49ers versus the Giants tomorrow. Um, again, if you're subscribed to one channel, go to the other channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Make sure you know when we're, re- we're ready to go live. Um, I know Rohan's constantly going live. He's constantly p- pushing out content. Um, go to his channel, the Rohan Chakravarti channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Um, go to the Clint Gene Sports channel. Notification bell. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Because tomorrow we are most likely going live. Appreciate you, Rohan. Hey, good show. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.